Hi, Maddie. Hi, Ryan. Welcome this isn't how to we this start episode. the show. This is how we started out. Hello. Are you excited to talk about this show where we review every X-Men media, including episodes that are sometimes kind of boring? Yes. You mean episodes of X-Men, the animated series, the show we're yeah. currently watching? Yeah. Yeah. That show. Remember that show? Back when we were young, we experienced a change. We felt a the second episode of season three of x-men and the, the season three series. premiere out of the past yes. part one which right out of the gate we need to address a massive plot hole that we didn't address in the previous episode because oh my god we... are you talking about okay yes. yes all right so you noticed this so all the credit goes to you i can't believe we didn't notice it while we were I, okay so and it's too bad because you couldn't even like blip it in like you normally no, do on this but i didn't notice it already, i didn't notice it i didn't until notice it until we were listening to the out. podcast everyone's like are they just gonna fucking say nope, what it is we're gonna just happening? talk about it for the next 10 minutes and not tell you what I it had is. A, I had a massive question in which involves Wolverine of course mm-hmm. because in the last episode the premiere for the season yeah, actually yeah let's season. say previously on the X-Men mm-hmm. uh, it opened up with Wolverine's I guess like X yeah we got a little backstory which is Yuriko Ayama aka Lady Deathstrike which is not correct they combined Mariko and Yuriko and it's stupid Lady Deathstrike is working with the Reavers to open up an alien spaceship that's in the Morlock tunnels Mm -hmm. and it was it was a fun episode it was a lot of Wolverine and Lady Deathstrike screaming at each other and then we got some backstory in which they were together and then he had to go and work with God who the fuck even knows because it didn't specify and he tripped in a hole and Weapon X got him and then he came back and was looking for Mariko and my question well, not is Mariko, Yuriko. The, and Mariko you can say, well I'm sorry you're that saying I can't the keep... actual correct character but it isn't uh, yeah. Mariko I'm sorry that I read the comic books <laughs> so why my question is is that in this flashback he was with Yuriko before goes to Weapon X, Weapon X gets amnesia and then goes back looking for Yuriko how does he fucking remember who she is is my question if she can't remember anything that's I can't believe we didn't notice that. I don't. And I can't believe the writers of the show didn't think of that because it's repeatedly established on this show. I mean, they were on season three at this point. I I like a lot of those writers on this show, but I was just like, at some point in the overall production, just somebody missed that massive plot Well, he should also not remember who Yuriko is now. He shouldn't remember her at all. Like, Exactly. He shouldn't have gone back to find her in the first scene where he like because he goes wouldn't back, remember because he wouldn't immediately remember. And then later, when she meets him and is like calling him, he shouldn't even know who that is. Like he exactly. should know no information about her at all. But in the entire episode, it's treated as though 
he knows As her. If it's like he knows everything, even no... though he literally can't even remember anything else, including what he had for lunch like the previous day. It's a huge problem because, and it's a problem created only by this show because there's <laughs> no reason I for mean, this. Because I would, they... I would not throw just the show well, under the bus. But the I think reason a lot why of the this is happening, have forgotten Wolverine's own backstory. I mean, repeatedly. sure, but the reason why this is happening in this particular set of episodes is because they created a backstory between Wolverine and Yuriko that happened before Weapon X. And by doing that, they like wrote themselves into a huge problem that they like didn't need to create. Like why, you know what I'm saying? Like they, I do. they created the problem that they have. I know. I, why? And I don't think, I think it's because like they just didn't have enough production people on it to figure it. I don't know. Do you I know can't what I'm explain like, this one. I think this I'm is sure never going to come it. back again. No, it's not. It's just going to be like a weird set of two episodes that don't make any sense within like the larger canon of who Wolverine is or like it's never going to matter. I don't think. I don't. I don't. I, would, I mean, I would love to see. I know that they released a book about this animated show and we should really purchase it for this show we so should. we can like get some background we both have like a little more those... financial solvency now than we did when the show began so maybe we could finally afford a I, copy I of would... that book <laughs> seriously i i would also love to get those two writers onto our show at some point so we could just ask like legitimate questions because i'm honestly curious how production went down on the show and like there was some news today that they had just revealed because they did their 25th anniversary at San Diego Comic-Con. Mm-hmm. It was Eric Lewald and Julia Lewald who both right. worked on this book together and also worked on the show. Mm-hmm. And they just did this 25th birthday thing where they were talking about how Beast wasn't supposed to be a main character on the show. And that's specifically why he was like not in the first season. Like he went to jail and like He's just we didn't see him again for, like for the, the rest of the season. season. He's kind of like a plot device in that season. Exactly. And then at some point they were like, oh, you know, we kind of like Beast and we kind of want to do more with him. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they made him a main character. And they also revealed that Gambit was only put on the show because he was so new to the X-Men series. So like, I think this show specifically catapulted both Gambit and Wolverine's popularity. Yeah. And also the X-Men popularity. Anyway, uh, I guess let's recap the rest of this episode. Okay. I guess we already did previously on the X-Men, but I will say that the previous episode like directly relates to everything that happens in this one. So you should probably go back and listen to it if you haven't. Yeah. Yet. And this is, this is, I mean, the you don't season have to, premiere, who cares? Do whatever you which want. Is, Live your life. I know. Do, do what, you know what? We're not going to judge you. So this is supposed to be the season premiere. And like seasons one and two, it, it's kind of a setup for what the season's going to be about because it's a TV show. Yeah. But um, we but, don't think that this particular season premiere is like as good of a setup as the season one and season disconnected two ones. Because this is setting up the Phoenix saga. Yeah. And it just kind of it introduces the idea of an alien attack yes but like it's kind of weird that we're getting there via lady death strike and the reader reavers and the morlocks so, who are also there. The because all this is happening underground in the new york city subway system where there's also an interconnected series of caves and a spaceship buried deep underground that the morlocks have Which, found i was so, kind of hoping they would explain where that came nope, from in this and they didn't nope that's never so, going to be revealed. So All right, so I'm not going to say that I hate this episode, but I was definitely like bored by a lot of it, but there's parts of it I really like and I think I just think it's because it's not it's basically, as wildly entertaining to me as the last one yeah, was because I, I mean agree. there's Yuriko is still over the top in this, but it's not it's like not the last funny. one where it's just Wolverine and Yuriko's Mostly screaming this episode for 20 is minutes just wrapping up the plot points that we already saw in the previous one. Yeah. Um which is fine and like there's a couple fun moments, but it's not I don't know. It's kind of skippable. I know. We're not even here to review it. 
it. So let's talk about it. Let's let's dive right in. <laughs> okay. okay, so let's, it, let's, we, let's we open this. on this is called Out of the Past Part Fifty Eight. Yes, and we open on a spaceship buried deep underground that is exploding because Wolverine just destroyed a part of it in order to rescue Lady Deathstrike, which wasn't really something that needed to happen. And meanwhile, all no, of Lady just... Deathstrike's minions are these other like cybernetic dudes called the Reavers, and they're also there. Yep. And also this green opening that's yeah. opening on the spaceship looks like a vagina, it and does. now the vagina is and just getting it, bigger and bigger. Like all and this a big green, green light tentacle comes flying pulsing out. out of the spaceship. Yeah. Uh, there's some funny lines here. The Australian Reaver says, let's give E.T. a Reaver's welcome. And they all start like yeah. shooting at the, the beams of light. And Wolverine says, sounds like E.T. wants to return the favor, which is like some of the only comedy in it's this entire funny. episode. But it's enjoyable. And then this, I also like, want to comment that like the animation in this episode is actually it's so really fantastic. Good. So it's I like was like really good. repeatedly writing down moments when the animation was good and when the sound design was really good. So even though I don't. I feel like the writing is kind of forgettable and like the plot they chose is really strange. I like really enjoyed watching it just for the yeah. visuals that's, and sound. That's why I'm like, I'm like, I can't be that hard on it because like I did enjoy watching it visually. Mm -hmm. So I mean like, it's very, it it's, it's very impressive. Um, okay. Yeah. So speaking of things that are visually impressive and weird, I like this weird alien design. Like, I don't know how to fully describe it, but it's like a semi-transparent orb creature with like sort of spider legs but not eight of them just like weird little spindly legs and it's like it looks green. like very electric like green electricity yeah and it like has tentacles that come out of its mouth and shoot at people and the whole sound design oh, yeah. and visual design of this fight scene when it comes out is like genuinely scary in a way that this show usually does not do. Like there's no cutaways to like funny one liners. There's no dialogue in this scene. It's just this like spooky, jarring, well, like blah sounds and shit yeah, like that. Yeah, no, there's a lot of cool sound effects. And also when there are lines, it's mostly Gambit being like we're probably going to die. Yeah, like, it, it's I think just that's him later even. That. Like, there's like a long sequence here where the alien is like coming out and it shoots it the tentacles from its mouth and it's like attacking the Oh yeah, the get ready for lots of tentacle porn. Yeah. I, you know what? I remember saying at the beginning of the yes, series like there's right. going to be a lot of tentacles and Maddie was like, right. I don't know about that, but there are so much tentacles in this. I, it may as well be like one of those like anime porns where everything just time. gets like, yeah, it's very hentai. Look, I know you've oh made that God. argument a lot of times on the show and you're right and all I could do is continue to say you're right about it so yep there's also this weird thing that never happens on the show where they did a series of quick cuts of the different reavers faces like really jarring cuts which i feel like i never see the show do that with like characters faces i was like struck by that film technique and like how weird it looked and so as they cut between each of the faces like super fast you see their eyes growing glowing green i can talk and like <laughs> so you're like oh fuck they're like getting possessed by this alien and then Lady Deathstrike is like hanging around being like, whatever it's guarding inside the spaceship must be astounding because she's like not willing to move away from the spaceship. And like Wolverine, Wolverine says like some stupid he ass does, line he says, here. You're, you're shopping. We'll have to wait. Which like I was thinking a lot about what you were saying last time about like Wolverine sometimes being like weirdly out of character. And I feel like there's a few examples in this episode where I was like, I don't know if that's what he would say. And that was one of them where I was like, uh, what? I don't I think don't... he would make some like chauvinistic yeah, comment I was about like, that women shopping. Make sense? Like, 
she's a thief like i don't even think the joke works like basically the joke is like women be shopping and i'm like i don't (laughs) i don't get that and jubilee's like yeah let's go to the mall Um, (laughs) yeah and so no jubilee's there and so jubilee wants to save everybody so she's like shooting her beams of light at stuff and like gambit is trying to put himself between the monster and jubilee and there's like this yeah dire there's a lot moment. of that going on it's also kind of cool because all the reavers are shooting at this and the x-men are just standing there except for jubilee who's like holy shit i sh- let's do something mm-hmm. like anything yeah so she's so. also shooting well she has projectiles and then gambit also eventually is like i have projectiles as well and starts like throwing cards at the alien i know and this this is becomes a whole thing where he tells the gambit tells him to run along mm-hmm. and, and he's Jubilee's like don't like, worry i'll distract it and jubilee and jubilee's like no you're just gonna get attacked by this thing and sure enough the monster sends its tentacles at him and jubilee screams no and jumps in front of gambit and takes the blow jubilee just like sacrificed herself for this dude who already like betrayed her like in Repeatedly. the first season yeah but i also feel like gambit and jubilee over the, these seasons have built a more prominent relationship it's that wolverine and jubilee have well it's very in this weird episode you kind of see like wolverine being protective of jubilee as well which i liked um because we don't get to see that very often on this show they both are i, think, I just i, I thought it was kind of just... cool that like you're right that you get to kind of see the grudging respect between gambit and jubilee growing but also like wolverine's still kind of her dad i don't know yeah, she has two dads, well, like older brother. And yeah, they're Gambit and Wolverine. I mean, of course, it's Gambit and Wolverine be fathering this like little girl together because yeah. they are a gay power couple. So yeah. So then Jubilee is like held in the clutches of this tentacle and being brainwashed by this alien, and Wolverine just screams her name wildly from the corner, and it's very dramatic. And as he's it is, screaming, Lady Deathstrike's just fucking standing yeah, there. Yeah, she's too. like. I still kind of want to know what that treasure is, but I guess I'll never find out. Anyway, yeah. while he's screaming, we cut quickly to Xavier also screaming. Remember I this guy? About that already. Oh my god, fucking Xavier! It's just like it's, like it's a just a kind of scene. him screaming. Yeah, it's just it's him her. Screaming. It's Wolverine screaming, then an Xavier also screaming, just in case. Just in case we needed to know that, like, very, very eventually in this episode, Xavier will fucking do something. Like, very and eventually. Xavier shows up and like he pisses me off, like for the entirety that he's there. I know. There well, he. I'll, I'll we'll get, to, get it, to it, but it's like we it's will get like, to it. But it is. Let's let's go back to the tunnels, and Wolverine is carrying the passed out Jubilee, mm-hmm. and Gambit's behind him, and like Lady Deathstrike is there, and Wolverine is all like, "Hang in there, kid." for me and then he looks at Deathstrike he's like take a look good look at this is this what you want and Deathstrike's just like you killed my father <laughs> and Gambit's like who gives a flying yeah, fuck he goes about Gambit don't care whose fault this is and then yeah like, he just like doesn't give a shit he's like there's bigger problems to deal with right now and Deathstrike's like well this isn't over between us Wolverine <laughs> and everyone's like Oh my Stop. god. Like meanwhile an alien <laughs> is chasing them and she's like There's an alien I'm killing mad. people. Meanwhile, Beast is at oh the my museum. God. <laughs> this this whole scene I actually really enjoyed it. It's because fun, he's like But it's also like sad it's it's like tragic in a way to like imagine beast just going to a museum by himself and like trying desperately to strike up a conversation with literally anyone so beast is looking at like some jackson pollock paintings and some picasso i guess it's like a modern art like general exhibit like across yeah. multiple and there's areas. like all these people there's there. all these people he's trying it's to super talk crowded. to all of them and all the people are like trying to get away from him Which not is because tragic. he's a mutant well i think it's partly it's just him that, being annoying i mean is that I how think? you interpreted it because that I is did. funnier 
if it's like i think that's what's going on i think he's just being such a nerd and all these people are like we don't want to talk to this you know like when you're at, <laughs> yeah. at a place and somebody just walks up to you and just starts talking you're yes. like i don't want to talk Beast to this person and they don't that and it's like really yes. funny but if this happened in real life whether the person was like a blue man or just a normal person i'd be like i just trying to enjoy this art quietly I mean, pretty much and this lady's like trying to get away and he's like he's oh, like this is where i making all but this, see, this is where i feel like he is like going over a stepping up bounds because he like grabs her I know. and like not in a bad way he like just grabs her very gently and is like oh no but you got to continue listening to me and i'm like you shouldn't be touching her beast which <laughs> i i get this I this is very this in character for beast hold i don't up to modern eyes like i agree that no, like it doesn't but I now do when i watch it i'm like this isn't making beast sympathetic but i think at the no, time you were supposed to be sympathetic to Beast, like taking her hand and being like, let's talk about art. And like, she's uh, well, looking at him like, I don't want to fucking talk to you. Like, I think we're supposed there's to There's a be lot on of stuff side. even in like the, like within like the seventies and eighties when Beast is part of like X Factor, which is the original five X-Men, but they're like vigilantes. Mm-hmm. And like during that time, he does a lot of similar stuff where he just like doesn't pick up on social cues and like kind of like grabs people. Like, there's a news reporter in uh, the X Factor series that he just keeps on like picking up and grabbing her and walking away, like running away and like, don't put this stuff on the news. And she's like, they're friends. And she's like, OK, but now you just pick me up in front of a bunch of cameras. Like, what do you want? So <laughs> like he just he just doesn't understand. He's an impulsive guy. He's impulsive and he and doesn't he understand. Like, issues. yeah, that's exactly the words boundary issues. And so I felt like this was a good representation of that for his character because that is canonical to his character that's interesting i mean then you could say that it's a nuanced scene that really shows the complexities of beast trying to reach out to other people and failing at it i mean i think there's a lot of things you could say about this scene because it's beast specifically I and he's being a nerd and it's, I, I did too um, but then he's interrupted by professor x sending him a message with his mind being like come back to the mansion immediately I need a hug. <laughs> and he's I know, like, pretty much. Okay. He's like, he's like, I apologize, but I must run. And so he leaps, leaps over. He leaps ceiling. on like the museum pieces, which is definitely not okay. And like out the roof window. So okay, I'm questioning if he was even in there like with a ticket or he did he just like wasn't. break in? I did think it was funny. The animation of him leaping out of the museum. Honestly, like they, this is another situation where they created so many completely new backgrounds and like animated situations that yeah, are unique to really each cool. scene that look really cool. So I was like, wow, they clearly upped the budget on this. They like animated. I also liked the animation of that lady he was talking to because she had this expression that was like, thank God he's finally going to shut up. Like... (laughs) Yeah, she was fun. I also like the waiter later, but um, we can get to him. Oh, yeah, that's he had a great animation, too. Yeah. He was kind of, like, annoyed. But anyway, so back to the Morlock cut tunnel, yeah. where all the Morlocks are now getting Yes, tentacle, guys, remember the fucked. Morlocks who were all tied up to the wall, and Jubilee was like, can we save them? And Gambit was like, eh. Probably not. <laughs> so the okay, alien so is possessing all of them. Okay, so wakes up and sees that she's about to get fucked by a tentacle, basically. Literally all of them do. We see, like, all their faces. Like, there's the old granny lady and, like, the rainbow girl like we see all the morlocks that we remember each of them tommy that's her name (laughs) yeah so then back to death strike and logan and gambit and jubilee oh my god i okay so this is first of all i wrote all this down because i think this is probably the best bit of like dialogue in the whole episode because it's just like death strike is like trying to talk to wolverine she's having a very long walk around for taking any blame for anything that's mm-hmm. for what just happened and she keeps on blaming shit on other people and both wolverine and gambit are like not having it. it out yeah yeah because like death like i think we lost the creature and wolverine's like sniffing the air he's like doubt it which i don't know how he can smell it i don't just, either i like, energy but I, I don't know whatever so then gambit's like he's talking to death gambit says and what about your men 
or do you care? Like, you know, like it yeah. was a really good line. I liked who I liked that it guy. Too, it was because well I delivered. had already like almost forgotten that literally all of them had gotten possessed. And that was why she was even hanging out with these oh, guys. Right. And the death strikes just like, well, they knew what the risks were when they signed up. Mm-hmm. And then Wolverine's and like, like, well, what about, what the, about Morlocks? the Morlocks? And she's yeah. like, well, they were thieves. So therefore they were criminals. But and she's like, a thief Gambit's just too. like, you're taking a long walk here. And yeah. any kind of fucking blame for any of this shit. Like, cause death strikes are like, we got to leave. And Wolverine's like, we ain't going nowhere until we stop that thing before he snacks on millions of people in New York and mm-hmm. Deathstrike's like why would you care about the people who hate you the people that hate you for being a mutant and mm-hmm. Gambit's just like everyone shut the fuck up <laughs> it's coming back like and it's like yeah. it's just like Deathstrike refuses to take any blame at any point of this episode I know she like, and at she first fucked, in this it's, scene it's her fault like, it is it's completely her fault happening. like all of this was due to her hubris of being like let's break into the spaceship and see what's in there and, oh it's a horrifying abomination that killed almost everyone I know all right that's not my fault either like we should probably just leave let's bounce yeah she definitely has (laughs) issues and is is willing to like do anything to deny her own culpability but so yeah i did write down her little monologue at wolverine here oh good because that was really long and i didn't i just did a summary she says you give your life for those who mock you animal mistake of nature mutant and he goes it's my life and i was like all right that's probably as deep as this episode is gonna get um then, <laughs> then the alien shows up <laughs> i'm choking on water oh my god <laughs> i'm not wrong uh, no, you're not it's it, again it's a spooky scene so now it's revealed that jubilee's essence some part of her is trapped inside of this alien being because right. her voice starts speaking through the alien which is appropriately which, creepy by the way, sound the design up because too. it like melted the wall down yeah which, yeah yeah and yeah. and like so you you have this like distorted version of jubilee's voice and also her face animated like through yeah. this like alien refracted image it's fucking I feel creepy like man. this whole episode i mean it could be spooky to a kid but like i don't think i was i, th- I don't think i was spooked out but i mean it i'm not as an adult but i was like a little I bit think it's dark, cool. darker animated i think it would have been very scary so yeah i mean i was i'm just surprised i feel like we haven't had an app in a while that is this spooky without cutting the tension with more humor. Like there's not right. a lot of that in this. No, app. it's not. And I kind of appreciate it. I like, I know I opened this episode up being like, this is kind of boring, but it, I mean, it's, it it's not, cool parts. It's, it's not as good as the first episode of this, but like it, it's unlike a lot of the other two parters. I do feel like they both I mean, I'm are highlighting the parts of it that I like. I, I, I wish yeah. that some things were a little more, beefy i guess <laughs> like yeah, there's yeah. more substance to the fighting between lady Deathstrike and wolverine we don't really get a lot of that i mean I th- it's already too late for that i feel like it's true at least for this show so so anyway anyway so gambit tries charging a card and throwing it at the ceiling and it doesn't it lands on the alien and we can't really tell if it's hurting it or if it's just kind of like shocked or whatever it's not and clear Gambit's yet like, what they don't know the what alien. they're gonna do it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like a good idea to be shooting like explosives at the ceiling because they're underneath new york so i don't know what that would even do but then we cut to cyclops and gene they're on a a romantic moment they're at some restaurant outside it's basically the scene from lady and the tramp there's like pretty much they're 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 both slurping on the spaghetti at the same time Mm -hmm. and they're like oh thank god we're both gonna get laid by somebody that's not just wolverine And uh, and Gene says, now at last, it's just the two of us. And then Xavier suddenly beams his face into their minds and is like, Gene and Scott, come back to the mansion immediately. I need I've been help. spying on you this whole time because I'm bored and horny. And then they sarcastically were like, you were saying? <laughs> <laughs> and then like the waiter comes the waiter over comes and Cyclops out. is all like, oh, I hate to do this, but 
you're, we're gonna have to take that food to go which kind of like and he makes also it sound like, like knows the waiter's name he's like well sydney i guess we'll have to pack the dinner to go again and sydney I like know, looks I, annoyed i like it was just like a fun little detail i don't know i, I like well i like the little detail that they said again which means that they keep on trying they keep to coming this back to this specific every single place. time xavier's like excuse me we have important <laughs> shit to do i enjoyed it i mean yeah. i don't know the episode's really simple but like the little things about it work pretty well anyway yeah Back to Lady Deathstrike still avoiding taking baby blame. It's like she's still going on. Leave the child, Wolverine. She's slowing us down. And and Wolverine's like, X-Men don't abandon their own. And she's like, are you implying? And then the alien shows up and starts speaking with... But what was he implying by that This is what he was implying. The alien shows up and starts speaking with the voice of the Reavers at Lady Deathstrike. So he's basically... you connected those dots for me. It took me a long time to connect them too. I was like, is she jealous of Jubilee? That's really weird. Like but that also, was where like, my mind went she to. She left, not him. Like, you yeah, know, I was. I, or, or I immediately the, or, was I confused. I guess he by left her. We don't really. It's kind of confusing. However, you know I, mean, I think so. what it actually refers to is what then happens, which is the reverse. Right. That makes more sense to Lady Deathstrike through the alien and being like, "Don't leave us, please help us." And that Lady, was weird to me watching the reverse begging for help because that's wildly out of character for them. It so. is. It is. It's not believable. Um, and so then she suddenly like has a change of heart and starts charging towards the alien and she calls the alien an animal, which I thought was kind of interesting. I think it's interesting that she like, calls everyone animal. Like, she's even insult. calling the humans animals when you think about it, because she's also, like, insulted by the humans who are insulting Wolverine, but she's also insulted by a Wolverine yeah, being a mutant, because, you know? I guess because she sort of sees herself as a robot now, and so she just sort of associates anything else as just being well, an it's, animal it's primitive thing. It's clear to me that the Reavers all have body issues, and they, like, don't like their bodies, and they will do anything to, like, replace everything about them. And you know what I mean? It's kind of yeah, weird. Yeah, so. I mean, that's their character motivation. It's just right. weird. Anyway, so Gambit like stops Gambit her. Saves her for some reason. Well, they should have just let her go. Yeah. Honestly. <laughs> I know. Well, they don't. And so he shoots a bunch of cards to cause this rock the slide that like blocks the alien from continuing forward. Yeah, it's like creates a whole wall of rubble that they can't get through. And I, know. I don't understand why the alien can't break through this. But well, it can that's break what Yuriko says. Are... She's like you idiot the alien can bust through walls and gambit's like yeah but we buy ourselves some time to figure out a plan basically right and so wolverine's like take jubilee and get out of here and gambit's like but what about you mon ami and wolverine's (laughs) like i'm going to stay here and face that thing and gambit's all like but i don't want to leave you now that's not what he says but that's how i interpret this (laughs) because he's all like being like i don't want to leave you wolverine i don't like this plan yeah and wolverine's Wolverine's like like, we've already seen that adamantium can hurt it so me and yuriko can fight it basically exactly so gambit takes jubilee and cries and with tears and he's in his like eyes, i'll be back mon ami and he will yeah be. he just says that and then deathstrix is like is it gone and wolverine's like only one way to find out which i guess is by them scratching at the rocks yeah like they're like, not willing to wait for the alien now suddenly they like break through the rocks that were just there and then this yeah, scene exactly. is really weird because like as soon as they break through the rocks they find this huge fucking hole and they're like this, this part makes no sense it makes no sense at way. all like logan thinks that the alien burrowed into this hole and so it's like really far away and he's upset about that but then suddenly the alien busts out of a different wall <laughs> but then there's like, like a different animation it of it coming out of the hole so i feel like there was probably like a different thing that happened here that they cut out because i was yeah it's a confusing like series of shots um right. but anyway or they maybe start it was fighting just like it. a production thing i love this line here though where first of all death strike screams we're trapped 
trapped and wolverine goes i'm never trapped and i wrote except for that time you fell into a hole and weapon x got you <laughs> like yeah come on wolverine idiot. you're next to a hole right now be careful yeah, don't it's gonna fall happen into again it. it actually doesn't <laughs> shockingly no one falls into the hole but no instead yuriko gets fucked by the tentacle mm-hmm. well it grabs her ankle it could well, have, yeah, it could have been a lot more sexual than it, it well, actually yeah, was. Totally. I, but then, it's a surprisingly subtle tentacle scene by the standards of this show. So that's anyway, she, true. she gets possessed and then oh Wolverine my God. loses his oh mind. Oh my God. And Deathstrike's face appears and goes, Logan, help me. And Wolverine just drops to the ground and for, it's so long. He says he just no, screams. like Anakin Skywalker style, like screaming like, he's like, now. No! It's I thought really it was going to end, but it keeps on going. It's like, no. <laughs> I was like oh well, my god that sure was a scene transition it, it surely was it was perfect and so anyway after a short commercial break we come back he comes and wolverine, back and wolverine is still there and yep, he's, he's shit talking the alien now. oh it's so gay though he goes come on you piece of alien gutter trash just try to suck me in <laughs> i hope you gag all right and i was like translation suck my dick and gag on it I so, guess. I mean, yeah. he can't literally say suck my dick, but I mean, we're all thinking you know, it. Was- so anyway, he punches the alien and it just suddenly disappears. It like boops off into the hole for like a second. <laughs> I watched that multiple times because I was so confused about where the alien was during the next scene that's about to unfold. And I was like, is the alien just standing there during all of this? But, I feel like but that Wolverine, like very quickly like gets rid of the alien so that they can unfold more plot in the next scene quickly. And then well, the, alien worry, the alien comes back like once plot is done being delivered and then disappears yeah. when it's time for more plot. That, the alien, that is the a, alien fell into a plot issue. hole that's literally what happened yeah, it just fell much. right into the plot hole mr sinister was down there trying to fix it you know mm-hmm. um but so guess, then, guess who comes running back his boyfriend gambit and He's also here for professor x and also cyclops and gene well you so. know but they have jubilee wolverine's like why'd you bring her back here and xavier just says She's just as safe with us than anywhere. I'm like, is that no, true? Xavier. That I is would not say true. no. You brought her. She can't. She is pat unconscious in a coma. And you brought her back to the scene where the alien is trying to kill people. You could have like put her in the jet, flown her back to the X mansion. No, you put her as close to danger as possible. Yep. You fucking piece of shit. I mean, even <laughs> if the alien isn't a danger to her currently, she's now close to a battle where there's blasters, yeah. weapons okay, firing. And also, I'm not okay with this, but when he's saying this, Xavier's like stroking her cheek, I know. which is like super creepy. And I know it's supposed to be like, oh, she's like a child that I care for. That's what it's supposed to be. But it's just Xavier. So immediately it strikes me as creepy. I'm like, why are you stroking her cheek? Well. I find Julie it creepy as well. sprawled out on Xavier's chair. Like, mm-hmm. like this just dead lady just on her chair that he's keeping for funsies. It's very <laughs> fucking weird. I interpreted it as like Xavier is personally so selfish that he wants to be at the fight. So he doesn't yeah. even care about this child's welfare. This, He's just oh, like, totally. I don't fucking care. I'll just carry her on my lap because I can't deal with not being exactly. physically he is near so this. Selfish in this. I mean, we'll get to it when he gets the spaceship. But I mean, like, that's how he is this whole time. And it's like his old his whole conquest for power in this is like a little out of control. It's like Xavier is a piece of shit. We say this all the time. We're like, Xavier is trash. We will make a shirt one day of a Professor Xavier being trash. We need some fan art of it. He's just trash. I, I do not like any version of Xavier anyway, anywhere, except for maybe Patrick Stewart because he's charming, but even still, he's still a dick in X-Men 3. So Yeah, well, anyway, Logan plops Yuriko down on Professor X's wheelchair as well because, like, okay, this is this it's whole pretty scene, funny. Though. This he is he so just, like, good. plops, like, another lady down on top of him and is like, well, if you're carrying 
one passed out lady you can carry two and yeah. Xavier's just like who the fuck is this and Wolverine <laughs> goes an old friend she wants me dead and Cyclops goes why am why I, not, am I surprised? not surprised it's so good because uh, like Cyclops is just like not even like remotely stunned it's by a this. funny and animation got, like, of him well, killer claws and Cyclops is like okay whatever care. it's Wolverine again yep and then immediately the alien shows up because you know a one-liner was just delivered and the alien right. heard its cue and came back yeah, and it's so, only being stunned briefly. And then this is when Jean tries to attack yeah, she's it with like, her mind. I'll read its mind. And Xavier's like, Jean, no, but it's too late. And she's already, and she's already doing mind. it. And then Jean's screaming and not doing anything. And I'm like, yeah, okay, it, good. And then Cyclops <laughs> goes to shoot it down, but Wolverine stops it. And Cyclops is like, are you crazy? Why didn't you let me shoot that shit down? And Wolverine's like, because everyone is trapped in there, including, including Jubilee. Jubilee. We got to be careful how we attack it. We should yeah, maybe also mention that like Jean reading the alien's mind was like right. bad. I don't know. Like don't she know, got hurt by it. That yeah, it's, it's confusing. And then there's like a bunch of dialogue about Beast uh, asking about the spaceship. And mm-hmm. I'm going to just I'm going to make it nice and short. Beast basically is like, um, you said there's a spaceship. Has anyone checked that? I'm going to do that. That's basically what it is. It's yeah, like Beast and then there's like, like a cool animation of him climbing along this pipe. For like 10 seconds. It's a really long animation, but it's cool. It is cool. I was just like, why do they animate so many things in this? I anyway. know, but then Xavier is like, I'm coming too. And he pushes his cart of like dead women into the tunnel and like turns all <laughs> little headlights that are on his fucking chair. And I'm like, his chair has headlights. Is he flying a car? What is happening? He is so, flying a car, a car full of dead women that he doesn't care about. And they're just so like fucking weird. heading I, I mean, I'm sorry. I mean, and I'm kind of like, that... are we supposed to assume that the alien isn't going to attack them? Because it doesn't. Like they just go off and find the spaceship on their own well, and they're fine. I, the alien's but, like, busy why? attacking the rest of the X-Men. So I, I think guess. it's distracted. But I just I guess I know I keep on saying that Xavier's carrying around a bunch of um, like passed out women and like I know it's It's supposed to be portrayed as help helpful but like I'm also like it's fucking like weird I don't know I'm just gonna keep on pointing out how weird it is I find it weird as well and I also wasn't like crazy about the fact that like there's no female characters and stuff. So, like, yeah, where I the agree. fuck are Rogue and Storm? And, like, Jean is I the mean, only one who's, I, like, awake. We can awake only hope that Rogue and, and Storm are just enjoying anything. a little vacation together <laughs> that's not Genosha and that they're, like, making out somewhere in Paris and, like, mm-hmm. Rogue's all like, I, I, can't, so. I can't actually kiss you, but blah, 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 you know, whatever. So, um, <laughs> But anyway, they're they're great. I love Storm and Rogue. Too bad they're not here because probably none of this shit would go down if Storm was leading the team. Honestly, probably not. Let's be Storm real. could have just like electrocuted the monster with a lightning bolt I mean, like immediately. Yeah, actually, that's probably why she's not here. Literally every problem. Spoilers for how they kill it. Anyway, it's Jean, definitely not electricity. Jean is like, "What do the rest of us do?" And Gambit is like, "That monster may be topside, and this city is gonna be his buffet." And so they're like making a plan. Um, anyway, yeah, back to the spaceship. I think Wolverine says we're gonna go alien hunting. Yeah. So back to the spaceship. There's all this like green stuff pouring oh out, but like God. it's not like the same level of green stuff. And so no, it's like kind of actually really know. It kind of looks like Slimer came and just like gooed up the place. Yeah, but there's like still spooky smoke. And so Beast kind of like looks at it quickly, and he's like, "It appears safe to enter." And I'm like, "Based on what?" But I thought okay. that was Xavier who said that. I don't I even think know. Beast Whatever. does. And you might be well, right. I don't know. It one of them says it and but they it, enter you're right it. it was based on nothing like neither of them even know what's in this alien spaceship they don't know what kind of like diseases or viruses could have come on this from another planet they have yeah, no they really shouldn't parasites enter it, but they do anyways and so they enter and xavier explains why they're entering it which is that he says there yeah. must be something we can use against the creature some bit of information and they find right. this like massive glass sphere that's been broken like something was trapped in it and broke out of the sphere 
Right. And there's like a plaque on it that's got, it's weird, got all the weird alien, alien writing, writing on it. Beast makes a great joke here about how they need a Rosetta Stone. And he I'm does. like all about that. It's cute. Um, and then Xavier looks at it and he's like, it's familiar. And they touches it and he starts screaming again. Oh my God. Is this the start of and then he's like suddenly, screaming for the, yes, like, the rest of the next I two so. seasons? I, I mean, there's that super cut of Xavier screaming. And I feel like most That's of it is That's like one of the funniest episode. things I've ever seen. And I think we're about to just see Gene and Xavier screaming, taking turns screaming and possibly at, at each other for the next two seasons. So it's get ready lot. for that. I mean, the voice actors are really getting to work out. So as soon as he comes to after his screaming fit he can suddenly read all this alien writing but he doesn't oh like God. explain it he's he just like he just like it's he's familiar. like i need more information i can read everything and he just kind of wheels himself over to like the computer and beast is like okay what the fuck are you doing what happened yeah what happened xavier and what xavier happened? doesn't answer him and he's just silently staring at the computer like yeah i know it's like xavier being like a piece of shit again and be like i have secret information that i'm gonna withhold from everyone and hopefully it will lead me to like the power that i need need and it's like stop and like, Xavier I thought maybe this was gonna lead to him being like I was brainwashed or something later but it's not it's literally just him being a dick like that's yeah, the it's explanation like him just for being this. like a piece of shit Xavier is trash anyway so <sighs> whatever so Beast looks super scared which is like an interesting facial animation to have him have there and he yeah, like runs off especially since no, it's like not like foreshadowing like for anything there, really. he's just like beast is like okay he's tapped i'm done bye yeah so so meanwhile beast is returning to the crew but it takes him a while to get there and so xavier sends a message to gene and gene this relays is really all of the information done. it is really weird because, because like, you would she think gets a xavier psychic would message. just send it to everyone but well, he sends... also like gene standing there and usually you we get cuts of xavier's face like talking to the person it's right. already happened twice in this episode and in this gene just talks to herself yeah she talks to like... herself like she's having a phone call with xavier basically <laughs> and she's like what's that Oh, I see. Oh, that's yeah, interesting. That's, that's, huh. that's like how I like interpreted it too, especially like since like we just read a script that had yeah. a phone call scene like that in there. And like, I, that's what I was brought back to. It was like, oh, that's so is really she on the funny. phone? Like what's going on? So yeah. Anyway, she then relays what was said to her by Xavier to the rest of the group, which I wrote down some of it. Like that spacecraft was an alien prison ship designed to hold this energy absorbing creature called a spirit drinker captive Ooh. in deep space forever. And like, she explains that like, nobody knows how the spaceship ended up here specifically. And then Cyclops interrupts and is like, how did the professor learn all of this? And Jean goes, that's the odd thing. He doesn't know. And it's like, da da da. But like, like, what's going on? He could have explained more. He could have been like, I touched the lettering on this sphere. He could have explained anything. Instead, it just makes him look like he's going evil and he's not. Yeah, oh, it's you know like what? all this foreshadowing to make it seem. Do you think that's intentional to like make I think it, it is seem because as I'm starting to like. I'm having even? flashbacks to when I watched this feed. I haven't watched this show all the way through in like a decade. And yeah. like. And not because I don't like it, just because I watched it so much as a teenager. Well, also, we've that, done like, a lot of, like, watching it in the background without, like, really watching it. Yeah, so exactly. And I do different. sort of remember there being a lot of stuff with Xavier, like, freaking out and being like, I have to figure out something's bothering me because Alandra's trying to contact him. And, like, mm -hmm. that goes on for a number of episodes. And I specifically remember the x being like, I think Xavier's losing it. Yeah. So, so maybe that's what this is foreshadowing to. And we yeah. are supposed to be suspicious of him. Right. Which we already are anyway, because we hate him. I mean, so, I was going to say, there's all that onslaught shit. Whatever. Um, um, so then the alien busts up into the 
New York subway system and like runs right. into a train and people are running around and screaming and it's horrible. because I mean it's like horrible for I mean the humans it's do a cool have, action I, animation I, I scene don't, I mean I'm not gonna say that the humans have every right to be racist because that is absolutely not what I'm saying here however they're racist humans, against aliens no but like the humans in this show like are I think the Avengers has to deal with this too where it's like there's all these people with fucking superpowers and like all these crazy shit and like the humans just kind of get stuck in between it so you like, mean like that then leads the audience to be like well why wouldn't the humans be suspicious of the x-men yeah. because there's like and a fucking like, alien attacking the, also all the time. like they're just terrified all the time like i i love that yeah, person who pointed out fear. to us that in the opening animation it's just all the mutants running at each other and then the humans screaming in between them because that's so far what has happened on this whole show yeah. so even there's like all these like underlying politics about like you know racism and like hu- like humans just being pieces of shit there's also like a whole other thing here where like okay so like both sides aren't great honestly well so. there's also like more than two sides there's like a t- right. Of sides, and well, it's there's like a ton of sides, which we're exposed confusing. to on the show, which is actually pretty right because, cool. like, in this, we have the Reavers and the Morlocks, and like this other random alien. And, like, yeah, well, I don't know how political the aliens get. Well, honestly. you know what I mean. Like, there's yeah. all these other interesting villains that are coming in, and so, like, how could you expect the humans to parse it all? It is confusing. Right. No, it's totally confusing, anyway. So, uh, Wolverine is facing off with this thing and he yeah. like suddenly remembers that the only thing that seemed to affect it was Yuriko's fingers and his adamantium claws. Yeah, yeah. He already knows that. So he's like, I'm right, going to so go he can, for it. Yeah, totally. And he tells, he's like, keep the tentacles off me and I can free them. And then he says that really gay, second gay line where he goes, supper time's ready. You want to absorb something? Suck on this. Which is funny that he keeps on screaming suck on this. And I'm like, it this is, is funny, the second time. And I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Wolverine, if you need a blowjob, just call me up. You know, I'll be there for you. And like, <laughs> a heartbeat <laughs> well what can we say it's an alien that sucks things and it has tentacles <laughs> it's it is a, a hentai it's a fun uh, anyway I, oh situation. this is what i want to make mention was uh the animation here is so cool I like couldn't get over how cool the animation was here. So once when everything gets uh, emitted in the green glow, mm-hmm. like all the characters like also it looks so get, cool. They change the shadowing and like the way that the yeah. ref- the green reflects off I really the characters. Liked the, all of that animation as well. It, it was really so cool. awesome. I like I can't express how beautiful this animation and how spooky it is. It's definitely this is where I was like, okay, this is where it could be scary to a kid. So mm-hmm. I I definitely felt that way. Yeah, yeah. It definitely like it has the look of like. A, an adult cartoon or something where yeah, it's like it's very, now it's, it's a very really gritty intense. shadowy spooky animation style once they're like in the green glow and they have all the yeah, shadows on their faces it's like you could imagine a whole show done in that animation style that's like way grittier than this show and like everyone's mad all the time anyway yeah. it's a gritty um, reboot okay. of x-men so jubilee yeah, reboot, reboot the x-men the animated series just recreate everything just with like different animation but the lines don't change sure so the alien starts like manifesting as jubilee again and being like wolverine no and then like yuriko also is appearing to like, i know and she's like you'll never succeed and wolverine just like stares at her for like a full five minutes and i'm <laughs> and like oh alien, my god the alien uses that time to knock wolverine onto the third rail because they're yeah, in the subway we, tunnel we, like this fucking alien's like well i'm not wasting time if he's yeah, like yeah and so wolverine's like getting again. electrocuted and there's like again this really cool spooky sound design for this whole scene where there's like this weird blah noise that happens yeah. when the alien is doing shit it's so well, it's cool like it's a very long one too it's like a like a ladder like like yeah. that noise like it's it's, it's, it's just like cool 90s synthesizers and so then beast finally arrives 
Beast looks so <laughs> cool with the green glow on his face too. He looks like so. He weird. did because he like he was green. He yeah. wasn't blue, but like the shadowing was like, blue. The and shadow like, of his so face cool. makes his facial expressions look different. Anyway, so he sees the whole situation, and Cyclops is like, "Go in there and get Wolverine out of there." And so Beast like leaps in and does it. And then yeah. when Wolverine is rescued by Beast, he points out that a piece of the tentacle was like also getting electrocuted by the third rail. And Beast yeah. is kind of like, oh, I see. Oh, I see. But the Beast doesn't do anything about it. Well, I it. think he does. I think what happens is they quickly formulate a plan and we just don't see it. Because all we oh. see is them acting out the plan. And I was like, how did they come up with the plan? But I think we're just supposed to believe that they told each other this. I, I'm starting I'm starting to believe that there's just like a lot of production notes. Uh, not production. I feel like there's like a lot things of getting um, cut out, storyboarding that got cut out. That's what I think. Yeah. Dude, hold on. We have to mention that Wolverine got electrocuted. Gene screams, Logan! <laughs> of course. Of course. Um, like literally nobody else cares, but. Yeah. Well, Cyclops probably cares on some level. And um, Gambit a little so, bit. So Wolverine runs back in with his claws drawn. But meanwhile, the rest of the plan is that Gambit is going to elongate his staff and yeah. do a crazy trick shot where he throws it through the alien's mouth. Whatever, Gambit's awesome. And like <laughs> manages to hit the third rail with it on the other side because the alien is like semi-transparent and like so, wait, okay, things so can I, go I, through I think it. I'm just realizing now because I'm an idiot that like even though he's transparent, like he is solid. Does that make any sense? I don't know because the staff because hits the throw... third rail on the other side of the alien and oh, then maybe. electrocutes it. Okay, never mind. And You're then right. that's okay. what kills it. But I don't know yeah, why it really that would does. work. It, like, it gets electrocuted and it like explodes and everybody kind of ghosts back to their bodies. Okay, also I want to say that this like spirit drink thing is not a thing from the comic books. It's made up specifically for this show. Yeah, none of this... It also makes no sense. Like, why would electrocuting like, the alien cause question, all of the people's yeah, exactly, which essences makes me be like, to go so, back to their selves? Like, why did we have like Any the of this? for the Phoenix Saga be about death strike and the reverse finding a ufo for some alien that and does also, not exist again why were the morlocks there i maintain that none of this need to have the morlocks and it it makes no sense as to why they're there like i mean i don't know it, it seems like it's just a very long i don't like i just don't know how we get there like the rest of the season is very like continuous because the next two seasons are specifically just the phoenix saga and there's no cutaways to side stories there's no origin stories there's no like some people are in the savage land some people in the expansion it's just like scene for scene for the for the phoenix saga i do think that maybe this is setting up that we're going to a much darker form of storytelling for sure because like or at least this particular episode i wouldn't say that with the last one because it was very humor like it just made me but i think it was supposed to be serious i don't i don't think it is but yeah so anyway so then so then xavier shows up with yuriko and jubilee and jubilee runs up and hugs logan and is like yay my and then, of course, this, I have to talk about this, but then Wolverine's like, so where does this leave us, Yuriko? And Deathstrike's like, you saved my life today, Wolverine, but when I'm strong again, I'll be back to kill you. And I'm like, <laughs> really? Are you really after all this? You're still like this? And then she bows, bows and there's and like a 90s like, fucking gone noise. And know, I'm like, and oh my God. And Yuriko as the stupid like same sound cue from last time of like the pipes being like, do 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 
and it's like yeah the karate kids here oh my god it's and i'm like she's literally just walking away slowly (laughs) like there's nothing she doesn't have a dramatic exit exactly question she just like tried to kill wolverine and all the morlocks with these fucking assassin cyborgs and like almost committed mass genocide because she was trying to steal something from an alien spaceship people go everyone is always letting people go they're always like well maybe we can change them it's like or maybe they were just like too tired at that point because they just fought a fucking alien and like even like it's kind of funny that she doesn't even try to run away like she just walks away like slowly very slowly and everyone's like okay also where did all the people in the subway go today i guess they must have run out but like no city officials came in to like intervene on this i mean a lot of people probably died let's be real like that's probably true those people are dead anyway that train crashed there's like a quick wrap up with with like all the x-men being like everything's fine because gene is like all the morlocks are back to normal professor and cyclops goes the reavers escaped but i bet it'll be a while before they can repair their cybernetics and he says it like really smugly as though he's like i know it's he's like he's like kind of tossing something in his hand is like oh yeah and i'm like cyclops how do you even know who the reavers are like why yeah, you do you don't. even care what i mean i guess we can sort of like assume that they've had uh like a shadow king situation where like right, you know yeah. i think the shadow king situation was done better though because at least rogue like mentioned that like isn't she was like the shadow king isn't that the guy that xavier and storm was like yes and then we we're like okay uh, like maybe logan like explained to them what the situation was but like he's pretty smug for somebody who like wasn't helping and then jubilee's like so everything's back to normal right <laughs> and, and Xavier's, Xavier's like, like no it isn't because i saw a bunch of visions of terrible beings with unimaginable power and everybody looks like fucking terrified and like, i know and like i'm like why are you, i don't know why they're so scared because xavier could just be pulling this out of his ass i mean we know that he's not but he's just he's not giving them the visions you know or well, maybe he is i don't I know don't, so. he might be actually and so we do see some of the visions and there's like all these other different characters and like yep, we see a bunch of characters. the star jammers and mm-hmm. we see like a lot of the people that we're and, gonna like, face people off on with spaceships and like right. different planets and we see and somebody shit. that looks like a bug in a mm-hmm. spaceship that's gonna be lalandra i know that's for her so like i'm just putting that there now because xavier has that vision like at least eight more times great i can't um, wait to see it again i can't wait to see yeah. the exact same frame of animation again oh it's a you're going to so get ready for it so everybody looks terrified and then we see something that this shows i don't think ever done before which is a new title sequence for the next like series of episodes which is like this weird thing where like they just show a bunch of planets and they show like a bunch of fire and it's like and then it goes the like phoenix the phoenix saga. saga and it's like this which, specific I mean, animation they made just for this just title for sequence this for the next I mean, two I episodes i'm not even gonna say that i was against it because as soon as i saw that i got excited and i've seen this before. i mean i thought I it was think cool it's like, but i was also I think like why weren't those the first two episodes though? <laughs> like, i think i mean honestly it might have been that because like they didn't set it up at the end of season two and so they wanted to like not just jump it in and be like you know the first thing we see on a season three is just a title screen yeah and also they probably were like we need some characters that you recognize and some new characters too so they right. like have the morlocks as like the I ones mean, we I, recognize I sort of get it. and then I they do. have the reavers as like the new villains except then none of them end up mattering i think i do want to point out that it is exciting whenever we see like something that references like the phoenix saga is coming because there are a lot of big storylines in the x-men one but it's argue you know one will argue with you saying that the phoenix saga is not the biggest one because it, it is it is like the biggest plot point of the x-men and 
it's, it's like just the thing that Phoenix everyone Saga is familiar is coming. with right and like so they made it to season three they didn't they didn't even know they were gonna get that far and so as soon as they did that they're like we're gonna do the phoenix saga and this is our announcement and i'm sure all the comic book fans at that time all the x-men fans were they so wanted fucking that title screen that. yeah it did yeah, with like the fire and everything i mean it's cool i just thought it was interesting that they like animated a separate thing i mean i think it's also a sign the animation budget is good like they had the budget to be like let's make to, a like, fucking create this crazy entire fire. new animated sequence i actually think the fire was not animated i think that was real fire was, that they yeah yeah it was real they it was actually 100 percent real and my laptop is now completely destroyed it's because actually of the real on fire, fire that it came out of it <laughs> yeah oh my god anyway um cool sequence I did, I just, though i'm glad it was but, there <laughs> me too i also think it was like a sign of them being like we're breaking away from what mm-hmm. you've seen the first two seasons where we've kind of had like all these different plots happening which we is are fun. doing one big epic tale and what ends up happening is it ends up being two seasons so like it's really kind of interesting to see them go down this path so yeah i mean or this I, is, maybe this is just one season that she's also the dark phoenix i for some reason i thought she also if, i think i'm just think thinking about the number of volumes well? there are because i think there's like five volumes but they're not by what the seasons were well so. we know season five is when the show gets bad but yeah we don't well, quite we, remember we, the we, pacing we of season three four yet all right <laughs> anyway so that's the end of the episode everyone yay we did it <laughs> are there even politics here I feel like it's oh all the same God. rehashing it's of the not, last episode. Like, not at all. I mean, the closest that we have is the stuff that we brought up in the last episode between, like, Yuriko and Logan, where it's sort of presented that she sees him as just disgusting and, like, yet also has turned herself into this monster, basically. Yeah, also Wolverine finds her sort of disgusting, which I wanted to mention, which is you know? maybe sad. I mean, I don't know. Their whole dynamic is weird, and I kind of wish the show would explore it more, even though it's completely invented for the show, but, like, I don't know what to make of it, I guess. And I, I feel like what little we see of them is, like, Wolverine just, like, making weird jokes or just not... It's, like, not... There's not enough there. It's, like, kind there, of there not really fully baked. Like, I can't really get a read on it because there's nothing, there's not enough to it to have a message, you know? The only the only message that's in here is Lady Deathstrike being, like, really judgy about everyone that's not, like, a cyborg. Which, yeah, that's, which is which a I fun sort of... villain trait. Like, it is kind of rare that we get to see this much dialogue from, like, a villain who has to work with the main heroes all of a sudden. And then, like, yeah. we get the opportunity for Gambit and Wolverine to be like so you're a piece of shit and we've like noticed all these things you're doing and she's like no i fine i yeah. think everything i'm doing is ethical and they're like and she's like well, everything's great like you know what i had nothing to do with any of this and it's actually all of your faults for even coming here and like except okay, that you then it doesn't her. matter because they let her go at the end anyway in yeah, classic x-men shitty. fashion i know so also xavier I, sucks ass <laughs> and i sucks. said this already but i'm still not happy with like the overall treatment of female characters especially in this episode okay because actually they that is something we can touch on because that is out. something that i have are expressed repeatedly in this episode that like, i was not a fan of like the jubilee Xavier's... getting taken out immediately was upsetting to me because she was so was cool in the previous it was episode like, fucking xavier is just like he's like here's my dead lady cart and i'm like <laughs> okay stop here here are these two people who have become dead weight in the episode and are no longer relevant to the plot and they're just like like trophies that we're going to carry around until the episode is over it's like death strike and jubilee are wiped out gene craig does literally nothing except have a phone call and (laughs) i'm like 
that's it. That's all the women she in this. She gets and like, hurt and when screams. When Yuriko's like, I know, at least Jubilee tried to do something in this, which I know, nobody but it's else like, tried to do. It's for like 10 seconds, and then she immediately gets taken out for the entire rest of the episode. I know, which, like, and then like why? fucking like Yuriko was just standing there and like blaming everybody else and she's too emotional and manipulative because she's a lady and i was like okay she can't and stop I don't think, shopping <laughs> i don't i know she can't there was that too there was like there was a lot of like derogatory comments towards women in this and i don't think it was purposely done in the way it, like it just you it couldn't just write felt that like, shit now well but it also doesn't feel as forward thinking as the first two seasons of the show no i know? totally agree and it is weird to me that rogue and storm are both not in either one of these episodes and it's kind of like a bad sign and it feels to me like these episodes are a product of them being like, well, we know people like Wolverine, so let's make an episode about him and like sideline the female characters, which is like, I don't know, it's kind of reminding me of like all those commercials that we watched and me being like, why aren't these commercials showing like the show that we've been watching with Storm yeah. actually doing things? I just hope that's not what the show is becoming, but it might be. Okay, so um, the first episode of this series or of this two-parter was written by Michael Edens uh, and directed by Larry Houston. And when Larry Houston directed the next one and was the writer was Len Wein. I think it's Len Wein. Uh, so both dudes wrote this. Like, inherently, especially in the 90s, when it was like, oh, there were more dude writers writing shit like this, I think that was part of it. But there, I will say that this show actually has a bunch of, like, female writers, too. So it's not, like, it does. a problem with the show. And but I don't, I don't even, I don't even know if the... I would blame the individual writers. I think it's probably more of a sign about, like, how times were changing, and people really liked Wolverine, and yeah. people were starting to enter the, like, 90s backlash. Yeah, I don't know. I just, like... As I said, I don't like I don't like Xavier's card of dead ladies. So that's kind of like I don't have any pol- anything political to say about that, other than I was like kind of grossed out by it, and I kept saying that while we were watching this episode. <laughs> I agree, so, and like, I'm hopeful that the other episodes in this season are gonna be like I don't really remember them, so I'm I'm curious to see like what the Phoenix Saga is like to watch now as an adult and like through the modern eyes of me being like, what is this portrayal of like a superpowered female character gonna look like, and is it gonna be yeah. like weird or interesting? And also, I would like to see Storm and Rogue hopefully do something else, but. You know, they weren't here. I, I was happy that Jubilee got to do so many cool things in the previous episode and be like standing up for Wolverine. But I'm kind of sad that like it didn't really pan out in this second episode. But yeah, whatever. but we're going to see this. And also, I do want to point out that this is the only TV show that really extensively went into the Phoenix Sagas for as many episodes we're about to go into. Mm-hmm. Um, X-Men Evolution hinted at it and their season finale because they were kind of cut off early, yeah. I think. And then also Wolverine and the X-Men does essentially revolve around that at the long run at the very, very end. But it's only like only we only get like two or three episodes on that where this is going to be like we are getting a full fucking season of the Phoenix right now. This Mm -hmm. is going to be what it's all about. It's being treated like it's an actual like TV show where like this is the big thing we're fighting. Mm -hmm. So and then and this is the only time we see this happen because even in like the x-men movies like yeah. we've had also fucking bullshit and like i mean technically dark... that is what x3 is about it's not yeah. a good film but it is about 
facing off against the Dark Phoenix, for better or worse. Sort of. I mean, like, it ends up becoming, like, a bunch of other stupid well, shit, there's, too. Well, yeah, there's but... a bunch of other, like, B and C plots. Oh, that's movie, the next but... fucking movie we have to watch on this I show. Know. I know. Oh, no. Just in asked... time for us to have just completed I know. Watching... I think I was, like, I asked Mary Ellen if she wanted to do that, and she and was she like, like uh, no. I think that's on the episode where Mary Ellen was like, I'm not going to return for that. But yeah, maybe it's just you like, and me, bud. Uh, I don't know. <laughs> we'll I see. may break my sobriety over that. Who knows? No. Um, no, I'm not going to do that. I'm kidding. Uh, I i'm just saying like it's that bad anyway let's so just get high any... and watch it we don't have to okay. get drunk <laughs> perfect i like this so i don't have anything political to say i really feel we like just it's just did. Rehashing we, we of, did like... it we did it we covered okay. politics we've done it it's done well since we're talking about politics you want me to go into uh who's that x-men sure okay let's let's do that who's that x-men people we have uh not a person but a kind of a general group because i wanted to talk about the reavers because cool. i clearly we'll obsessed never with the see reavers. them again so not on this show and or any well, i think they do appear in wolverine and the x-men briefly but mm-hmm. that seems familiar to me and then they're also in logan but like a mm, really weird version they of them. are yeah they are and so is that other guy who dates Lady Deathstrike, but not in Logan, but he's right. in there. I just think it's important that we talk about the Reavers on the show because yeah. they, they're not like one of the big bads like Mr. Sinister or Apocalypse or even Magneto, but they were relevant and part of like sort of a more terrifying part of the X-Men history where like they were straight up murdering. It's like it was them and the Marauders. Like they were mm-hmm. both and they're both really weird because when video games were being released of the x-men in like the early 90s they were in everything so if you go back and play an x-men game like especially the arcade game mm-hmm. and like the wolverine game like for the nes like there you'll see They're the reavers are in all those and you won't and like you remember playing those games and being like who are these weird like robot people i keep fighting and then like if you went and looked at it it's the reavers and you kind of like fall the fall down this rabbit hole when the reavers were like popular enough to be in like several video games so mm-hmm. but anyway so the reavers are criminal cyborgs obviously uh and they were originally just dedicated to the destruction of killing the x-men and mutants they're all obsessed with wolverine because who is not mm-hmm. the first group of reavers operated out of a ghost town cooterman's creek in north central australia when the x-men were living over there and they were commando style thieves they had sort of kidnapped and forced gateway into teleporting them around the world so they could commit robberies yeah um and then the x-men eventually faced them and forced them into the siege perilous and only pretty boy skullbuster and Bonebreaker escaped during that time after that the reavers all reassembled under the leadership of donald pierce and he wanted to use them as an assassin squad they paired them with lady deathstrike cole macon donald and pierce's gf at the time yeah, I know. And Cole, Macon, and Reese were all part of the Hellfire Club because Donald Pierce was also part of the Hellfire Club. Yeah. And the Reavers went to go attack the X-Men base in Australia, but nobody was there. Mm-hmm. But then Wolverine showed up, so they captured him, and they brutally tortured him. If you found these comics, I think you found yeah, eventually I read them. Yeah, lo- I read them. These are the it's ones It's like I read. some pretty intense torture. It is. And, it's, and then they eventually... After they torture him, nail him to, like, the X-Cross. Yeah. And then Jubilee is the one who kind of finds Wolverine and helps him escape from there. Right. But since he has the healing factor, he can never really die. Like, yeah, Jesus. so they keep So on he's just, like, him. eternally yeah. hanging on this cross and in constant pain and, like, having all these visions and stuff during yeah, it. Yeah, it's pretty awful. Like, the 80s stuff is, like, really good, but it's really intense. Mm-hmm. So then, once Wolverine disappears, they're looking for him. And so they attack Weir Island because they think that's where Wolverine would have gone next. 
uh, and Amoya attacks them because at the time she had her alternate X-Men. And the Reavers during that kill Stonewall and Sunder, but Forge snipes Skullbuster and takes him out. And Donald Pierce during that rescues this, uh, the wounded pilot Scylla Markham, which is important to mention because she goes on to become a major Reaver because she agrees to become a cyborg. Um, so Bonebreaker, Reese, and Pretty Boy are later sent to go kill Microchip, or also known as Micro, who is uh, the Punisher's like main associate mm-hmm. from his series. And... The Punisher nearly takes them all out. They manage to kill Micro's cousin, and they all—I mean, it's, they're going against the Punisher, so of course they all left sort of badly wounded, especially Bonebreaker. Um, and then the Reavers attacked Frost Technotics, which uh, was Emma Frost's company at the time. And during that, they kept her Rogue, but Rogue was saved by Miss Marvel, which is ironic and hilarious. Mm-hmm. And this is when Donald Pierce transforms Scylla into Scylla into the new Skullbuster. So you know how I said that she would be, be an important role. It's, well, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, there's, she becomes the Skullbuster. Skullbusters. Yeah, exactly. Uh, well, the new one, because one, like Ford shot one in the Doesn't head. Doesn't the so. other one come back later, though? Yeah, that, well, I'm getting to that. So uh, <laughs> Donald Pierce then creates two androids, LCD and a robot of Wolverine called Albert. Um, LCD is spelled E-L-S-I-E dash D-E-E, but like wow, it's supposed to be like LCD. So anyway, it doesn't work out because LCD ends up going against her programming and then kills the robot Albert. Um, mm. But you should look this stuff up because if you saw a picture of LCD, you would probably recognize her from some really old comics because this is all during the ter- time that these images were everywhere. Yeah. Um, especially in like the late 80s, early 90s. Then Trevor, Trevor Fitzroy dispatches his own Sentinels to kill the Reavers and in their Australian hideout. Uh, he also sets out to kill Donald Pierce. We think he kills him, but obviously Donald Pierce comes back. So obviously he exists and mm-hmm. lives. Pierce and Deathstrike and Scylla all escape until we think Pierce is dead, basically. Um, Scylla allies herself with, with Bloodscream to kill Wolverine, but Bloodscream betrays her and sucks the life out of her. So that's the end of her for now because then later most of the reavers come back to life during the extreme x-men run that chris claremont had come back to because the shadow king got them all involved and resurrect them because of course why not then (laughs) donald pierce creates a new reavers again and this is this is like going into the 2000s so so he creates these new reavers which are the anti-mutant humans and they are like given cybernetic parts so they're just humans who hate mutants and then they're like go hunt these down but the new x-men which were the kids at the time not like scott summers and frost this is like x23 karma elixir mm-hmm, and all those mm-hmm. people take take them out uh elixir is working with the reavers during this and then he realizes that he's a mutant and switches sides basically and then the new mutants beat him they, these reavers get beat up by children it's pretty great during the messiah complex lady deathstrike leads a new group of reavers who we talked about in the previous episode mm-hmm. who are the purifiers who've been turned into reavers and they're because going this to attack is after Cable. the live action yes. X-Men movie. This is came after out. the live action so... movie in which Striker is now involved and Lady Death Strike yeah. is working with the Purifiers. It's fucking that. weird. We don't need to revisit that. Um, they go to attack Cable, but they are defeated by X Force, but they're defeated after they kill Caliban, mm-hmm. which is sad. And then we see them briefly again fighting Hope and Cable in the Cable and X Force comic book, which, if you have not read that run, it is so good. I reread it recently when I was like pre-move and I just need something to like zone out and read again. And like, it's so good. Go read Cable Next for us from like, I don't know, I think it was like 2012 or something. It is fucking amazing. And the Reavers are in it, but there's just kind of like a cameo in there. And it's just mostly hoping like, God, these guys are really annoying. And Cable's like, yep. Yeah. Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of that stuff is what partially inspired the Logan adaptation. Like it's... Oh, totally. I think that's what it came from too. So... 
Yeah. Uh, so Donald Pierce sends a new group of Reavers into the hunt for Wolverine. This is very, very, very recently, um, mm-hmm. which includes Starshine, Pretty Boy, Skullbuster, and Bonebreaker to find where the X-Men had hidden Wolverine's skeleton. So this is post-Wolverine's death when the adamantium had covered his entire body. When they crack the adamantium open, don't ask how because it's fucking adamantium. There's a reason <laughs> in the comic books. I just think it's fucking stupid. They are surprised to find that the adamantium skeleton is empty. So then the X-Men show up and they defeat the Reavers. And they bring them to Alpha Fight because it's all like going down in Canada or whatever. And like... The only person who escapes is Starshine, who then goes back and reports to Deathstrike to let her know that Wolverine wasn't in that adamantium casing. And that's the last we've seen of them. Um, and I already I already talked about how they appeared in other stuff. Uh, but I did want to mention that the ones that we see in the animated cartoon uh, or the animated series have been Lady Deathstrike, Bonebreaker, Pretty Boy, Skullbuster, Murray Reese, and Wade Cole. So those are all the names. Cool. I don't know so, which one lines up with which of the dudes, but no, you can look I it up and you. click there. I could probably do it. Bonebreaker is the one that I think is the tank. If okay. I oh yeah, yeah. And the guy who's pretty the tank. boy is the one that you remember that yes, also looks like the, the pretty Punisher. boy. <laughs> Skullbuster is the one I always remember because that one's been a, the most prominent one. And it's the one that has like the red hood and kind of looks like mm-hmm. red hood. Uh, Murray Reese is the one that's got like the visor on and kind of looks like uh, RoboCop a little bit. Okay. I guess that's, that's, uh, and then Wade Cole's like the same same thing. Like they're both wearing the same thing, except one's white and one's black. That's the only difference. So. Right. Uh, so then, wait, which one's the Australian one? Um, There's maybe. no way to know. Yeah, I don't remember which one was <laughs> saying that in like. I don't remember which one had lines of the last episode. Whatever, it's one of them. <laughs> I think I think it was Skullbus, not Skullbuster. I think it was. I mean, um, like realistically, Murray. they could all have Australian accents because that's the part that's the right. part of the world where they're introduced so yeah exactly and they're supposed to be like australian so I think. technically so they should all have those on. accents but they don't but whatever uh, it's that's fine. true uh the reavers <laughs> are supposed to be pretty terrifying and like even though they're weird and logan i do think they're depicted as like extremely they're brutal very and, like, freaky in that movie i mean i don't know yeah. i haven't rewatched that movie since it came out so they're not as freaky as they are in this tv show because like there's nobody in the logan movie that's like a tank and yeah. half man <laughs> so, that would be really know. weird if that was in that movie i mean i think it would but, be yeah. freaky i think the Reavers would have done really well in an X-Men film that would have come out in the 80s when they would have been using like all weird, all sorts of weird puppets and mm-hmm. shit. Like a t- think live be... action Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles style, but yeah, pretty an much. Like, movie? I, but, yeah, but I think they would be more on the horror side of things because like they really are like what you would find in an 80s horror movie. They don't look as scary as a cartoon, but like if you think about what they would look like in an 80s horror film, they really kind of match up to like that weird shit that was happening then. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I'm personally, I'm a little obsessed with the Reavers just because they were so much shoved in my face when I was a kid. And like, they were just kind of like these freaky robot people that the X-Men kept fighting. And like, that was during the time that like, not even just the Reavers, but like most TV shows and video games, you were just fighting fucking robots and everything. Yeah. Like I get yeah. it. I get your fascination with robots, Maddie. Robots because it are was... fucking cool. I'm on yeah, board. Like, I like the Reavers too, which I already said last time. It's part of why I dug up the old comics because I was like, I have a feeling I'm gonna like these guys. And like, yeah. the comics, I'll keep reading and see what I think as it goes along. But like, they're they're very like basic. Like they're not yeah. they're not doing anything deep with the Reavers yet. And maybe nothing deep ever really happens with the Reavers. Maybe it's and just no, they're just kind of like level. a gang. They're like a cyber gang. Like cyber I mean, game. this There's... is why it's hard to do politics with them because like there isn't really a read on them they're just they're just like, like a bunch of like terminator cyborgs. wannabes like if the terminator had like a fan club mm-hmm. of humans who wanted to become terminators mm-hmm, or like mm-hmm. if it was like 
Yeah, I think that's the best way to do it because it doesn't really work in the case of like Battlestar Galactica because in that case they nobody the wants to be a robot in that in that show. <laughs> yeah, like literally nobody, including the robots. So nope. like, should we do some uh, reader mail? Well, should we do who's gay first? I mean, we can. I don't know. I we usually save reader mail for last. Maddie, you're messing me up. I don't know that we do. Sometimes we save who's gay for last, but I don't care which order we do it. Um, let's do who's gay. It's Gambit. Yeah. I, that's it. I, I mean, like, yeah, he, like, super wants Wolverine in this. It's Gambit, and it's cute, and I still it's really cute. enjoy them. And he wants, he I wants like, to be I their like first boyfriend. I like when Gambit calls Wolverine Mona Me. It's endearing, and I like yeah, that. Yeah, it, it sounds very romantic, and being like, oh, he's speaking French or something at me. It I don't is know. romantic, and also they have they have to take care of Jubilee together, and they, they do. both they're like, don't they're really know what they're doing. They're like, they're two gay dads for Jubilee, and, and Jubilee's like, I love my dads. They're really cool. My, my dads who keep having sex while playing basketball and <laughs> and i have to sit there and like deal with it for some reason i just need to like, be like the phone's time. ringing <laughs> yeah oh, I, I enjoyed them and i was kind of sad that we didn't get more of that like gambit jubilee wolverine vibe and that it ended so quickly because those were the parts of the episode i enjoyed was like yeah me too those i really brief did too. moments but we didn't really get much of that. Um, but it was kind of it was kind of fun to see like Gambit sacrificing himself for Jubilee or trying to, and then also like trying to help Wolverine. Gambit's yeah. like trying to be a good guy for once, but you know, I feel doesn't like, always work out. I mean, Gambit, he's not a good or a bad guy. I think he tries to do what's best for himself for sure. But, but like, he also I think, will care about certain people and will like decide that they're worth his time, which yeah, is but, like, an as endearing a, like, quality. Even in this show, and it's a good reflection of how he is in the comic books, where he is just somebody who gets close to a lot of people, and I think he is so afraid of losing people that he is like he self sabotages it and like fucks. It up and like it's like does something horrible to them so they go away but then like he'll come back and like still try and help them because like he does care you know mm-hmm. like that kid in fucking adventures of babysitting boy. that we were like that guy's gambit <laughs> that guy is gambit what does is that character's know talking name? About? i just started re- referencing a sh- movie we watched recently which is one of my I favorite have, i like, had never seen adventures in babysitting before in my life and so ryan that guy's and i name? recently I can't watched it. i'm looking it up Okay, good. What of us is Joe Gip? Joe Gip. It's like a black guy that like I we feel thought like they the returned reason, to a villain. Okay, no, I feel like but the then reason he wasn't. Instead, he was extremely charming as hell, and he was this like has my favorite nothing character. Nothing to do with anything, but I feel like Joe Gip is the character who like the lead female character should date in that movie, but because of like racism at the time they were like let's quickly add in a white male character for her to date just in time for the very end because that character shows up totally randomly and it makes no sense no and it she has like way more chemistry with joe but anyway we, everybody should say, rewatch that movie, movie but you already and have think a movie about podcast. and think about the fact that joe gip is basically gambit and it's like yeah. really fun to watch the movie like imagining that he's just gambit because it's right. he's and a very I think there's like a lot of times that there are like gambit's character type in other things it's just that that's the most recent yeah, thing like, that like, lovable thief roguish thief rogue who is like always kind of doing shady shit but like his heart can sometimes be in the right place but also like he's out for himself but Mm -hmm. like then if like his real friends in danger he comes back there's like a lot of that shit like han solo kind of falls in that 
there's like you like it's those a, are like all the guys that you can't help but have a crush on but you're like no one should have a crush on this guy i know i know but i think yeah but it's like probably the most interesting one that i've seen of like mm-hmm. anyone in that trope because they he's the only one that's got to be fleshed out to the extent that he has and i think people always so. wonder like why do people like gambit so much and i always have to be like oh it's just because people want to fuck him like sometimes straight guys will be like oh, well i don't understand the fascination with gambit and i'm like oh it's because you're not attracted to men like that's that's your issue yeah, but that's funny because there's like a lot of straight guys that are like oh yeah i, I want totally to fuck, fuck wolverine, wolverine. <laughs> yeah there's like it's like it's just wolverine for some reason like bypasses all that and like it doesn't matter what gender you are you just want to you fuck, fuck wolverine i don't know i don't know if that's true or if that's just what us. gender what sexuality Write it doesn't in matter and let us know who you'd rather fuck <laughs> yeah i know or both honestly sure I mean, in that in that other podcast I have with Katie, that is us rereading our old fan fiction. It is. It's all about Gambit Katie's totally shacking up, lifelong so. relationship with Gambit. And yeah, well, no, she's like his mom, though. It's weird. <laughs> I mean, I she's, like, she's like the mom to like these two gay guys. It's like this fantasy that she has. <laughs> That's great. People can check out that show. Anyway, <laughs> oh my god. I mean, Gambit is the only answer to this. There's no I was other say, answer. There's shout out to Wolverine telling like an alien to suck his dick repeatedly. I guess there's so. that. I guess so. so. Sure. But I don't know if that's gay. I, I don't think it's either. just Wolverine being overly sexual for no real good reason other than he's Wolverine. The alien so. has tentacles. That yeah. may or, I mean, that's maybe that got sexual. him going. That got him thinking. Um, what would you rate this episode? Oh, this is tough. I, it is. I guess I'll I give think- it like a... Th- 3.5 i'm gonna just give it a three because it's very like i gave it like, the extra 0.5 because i really liked a lot of the animation and sound effects. the animation really <laughs> that's holds why it, I up. Bumped it up slightly it's i know that i said it's boring it's boring in terms of storytelling but like it, it sets up the idea of aliens and the animation is really good and it is really spooky and i'm like a horror guy like i do there's a lot to like about shit. the app but yeah like like it's I'm never gonna be in a the favorite industry mine. so i do appreciate how they set it up to look the way that they did so it's not it's like it's like you should watch it but like Mm. you don't need to be in a rush to watch it you could probably jump right into the phoenix stuff first you probably could you could probably skip both of these unless you just like wanted to have a laugh about yuriko i mean the first episode i do recommend watching just because it's so funny to me but but if you're watching the first episode you may as well watch this one you know that's true anyway um all right read your mail Um, okay, so this is from Claire, who hasn't Yay! written in a while. I think the last time we heard from Claire was... No, she was on the last episode. No, you're right. That's right. She came back for the beginning of July, um, and she sent us a nice little email. It says, hey, guys, I hope you're doing well and not melting in the contemporary humidity. Uh, Claire, I am dying. I like the heat, I'm but I do not like currently. humidity. Like, you could put me in a desert. I'll be so much more excited about that. for this podcast to end so that I can turn my air conditioner back on. <laughs> Oh my god, it's not that hot in my place. I'm sorry. It's um, really hot in here today. I don't know why or how this happened, but whatever. That's weird because it like cooled down today. Anyway, uh, <laughs> Storm is not here. Uh, she writes, really enjoyed listening to last week's episode on the season three premiere. Much like you, though, I was really confused by the, what the Reavers are supposed to represent. Though yeah, this even simply... Claire is stumped. <laughs> yeah, I was actually kind of hoping that Claire would write in and like give us some insight, but I'm glad that she's stumped also. Mm-hmm. So, though this may simply be due to the fact that they have been only been in the show for one episode thus far, and I haven't seen them in the comics. My initial reaction was close to Maddie's. The Reavers, by altering and enhancing their bodies with technology, have made themselves into a sort of limitation of mutants in the X-Men universe. The key difference, obviously, being that mutants are born with their traits, whereas the Reavers are choosing that life. Mm -hmm. The closest real-world connection I could come up with from the 80s and the 90s are cishet people from punk, hardcore, grunge, etc. scenes, willingly altering themselves 
through things like tattoos, piercings, hair and fashion, among others. Famously, Kurt Cobain is quoted as saying, I'm not gay, but I wish I was just to piss off homophobes. Oh, Kurt. Um, your heart was in the uh, right know, place, and yet. <laughs> I know, I know, right? But I, I think I, I'm side noting from her letter here that, um, yeah, that's pretty much where I got to in the last episode so too. Is it was very much like just yeah. sort of like that punk rock They're scene punks. where people were, where it was like super bad to be punk back then. I guess it's not great now, but I think more people are now than it used to be. I think it's I more. Know. I was a goth now. kid, so like I was obviously one of these people. Um, anyway, with that said, I don't entirely understand why they would be positioned against the X Men. This show is based on a social climate from a bit before my time, so maybe things were different then. But I have always found the Reavers in my life to be among the people most accepting and supportive allies. Yeah. If perhaps more clarity will come as the season progresses, but as it stands, I remain a bit stumped. Also, was the episode title Externally Yours a play on Eternally Yours or Externally Yours? The former would make more sense given the content of the episode, but it's not as close as a match phonetically. Whatever. <laughs> I, I Ex- feel like, I don't remember if it was on the episode, but I also was always confused by the title of Externally Yours. Oh, totally. Um, I don't get it at all. Externally your friend, Claire. P.S. Maddie, are you covering Shine this year? I'll be there and I'd love to say hi. I'd love to say hi. I'm Claire and I'm a big fan of your X-Men podcast. I'll probably be there. That is a video game tournament in Boston. So it turns out I can't go to Shine after all. I have a different work commitment that same weekend. So that sucks. Yeah, maybe we'll do that, or maybe we'll like have a different meetup at a different con someday. We've yeah, tried and failed be... to have mutant ages meetups right. before. We just didn't uh, like advertise it well enough, and that was on us. And... But it's something we want to do because I know Claire lives in Massachusetts, and we I think we have other people who do. But um... well, Matt, Maddie has pitched the idea of doing meetups for the mutant ages for other events, um, and I was just like busy, and I like I, I just moved, guys. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, we haven't like... really like gotten our shit together. I, I it's something we would want to do and and if anybody else wants that and like lives semi in the area or like has things they're going to like please feel free to write in to the mutant ages at gmail.com or if there's like another area you want us to go to that's nowhere near her maybe I mean, we can plan a road trip someday. i don't know yeah sure we'll just go anywhere i don't know that that's <laughs> within our means but why not wait so is that the end of the letter yeah that's it and cool, that's, cool, that's cool. all we got this time well, if Claire doesn't know Ms. what the Claire. Reavers mean, then nobody does. That's what I no. have to say about that. Unless you do, in which case you should write in and tell us what you think they mean at the mutantages at gmail.com and tell us. Or write us, write us and tell us about you're gonna who be you want to fuck, Wolverine or Gambit. Those are the only two options. If if you're or, not, I don't. I really, I would really like to know what everyone's like favorite fantasy X Men are because there's like 300 to choose from. So I mean, you got a lot of options. Like which X Men people want to have sex with? You mean? Yeah. Okay. I'm just That's clarifying. That's appropriate for the show, I'm, okay. right? Okay. No, I mean, I feel like we, that could just be the question every week. I that surely could be like a whole episode that, that we could have where prompt. we talk about to write in and then Maddie and I also talk about it and it will be like three hours long. Speaking of which, we have not gone through the rest of your top 20 X-Men in like a while. And like, yeah, well, we, we have any. many more like main cast X-Men characters that we haven't done a Who's That X-Men for yet. Like, yeah. I don't know when we're going to get to Jean Grey, but it's got to be, like, be soon, I don't think right? anyone's going to know what my number one is because oh. like, yeah. I yeah, mean, I don't know if we'll get to them. I don't know how we're going to... Well, all right. <laughs> we'll worry yeah, about well, that later. Well, it is somebody who does eventually appear. Well, then we'll get to them. Right now, as it stands, uh, number one is blank. Number two... My number two is Jubilee. Three, mm-hmm. Archangel. Four, Mr. Sinister. And five is Wolverine. And then there's some other ones spread out there. So you've got your bingo sheets. You know what they are. But that's... 
I know Mystique is on there somewhere. I know. She's number and 16. Storm. Storm is nine. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I, I'm surprised that Wolverine's not higher. It's just that I really love Jubilee, Archangel, and Mr. Sinister, like, so much. Yeah. You know? And also this other character who will not be named until they are named. Who's yeah. number one. Anyway, that's the show. <laughs> we did it. Well, okay. Um, so if you like this show... Uh, and if you want to check out anything else we do, there's a couple things here. Um, there's like a pretty YouTube... specific thing we just put out that I hope people will listen to. Okay, yeah. Okay, so we just released a one-off podcast episode of our video series, Throwback Theater, which is normally Maddie and I going back and watching old films we made together and mm-hmm. reacting at them and being like, these are terrible and we laugh really hard. And sometimes we read old Fan fictions or scripts fan or, fiction or just wrote. scripts that we've written and we but, read that up on our YouTube channel Atomic Clue Productions but we did a very special one that recorded this weekend just went out today which is the July 26 and mm-hmm. it's called Legend of the Dark Crystal which is connected to our web series Gino which was the first film that we were going to ever film together was this Dark Crystal script and, yeah, and we, so, like, filmed, people, we filmed Demon instead yeah people but, who follow our YouTube channel and have watched the other old movies that we made as teenagers or just listen to this show know that we made an x-men parody movie called d-men in the early 2000s and d2 which was like a parody of x2 and we made those movies instead of making the legend of the dark crystal which was like a full-length movie that ryan wrote when he was pretty young and like it's really funny and good and it's so pretty bad but like we read it like, and fun. we had our friend righty who's been in a bunch of videos for us do vote the voices as well and it's really enjoyable to listen to so i hope people will check that yeah. out and we also have a youtube channel where we post all sorts of things and maddie and i are working on scripts for a bunch of new videos and tv shows and we're going to do some let's plays of x-men stuff over there mm-hmm. uh, you can find that at atomic blue productions so if you go give that a big subscribe then you'll catch all that stuff when it comes out we also post little clips from this episode that we tie in with the animations of the animated series and just with our voiceovers and we did one recently on the savage land and it's i included great. the dinosaurs <laughs> the 90s dinosaurs theme by disney and like put that over the savage land and you should go check it out if you have not done that yet yeah and you can help the mutant ages directly by supporting us on patreon because we're a completely fan supported show um and if you go to our patreon which is atomic blue productions you can support us there we have a bunch of cool tiers and rewards you can get uh, atomic blue productions yeah, is everything that, that maddie patreon and i make also supports the legend of the dark crystal recording that we just did and like warcraft Valley. or any of the crazy videos that we All make so if you want to keep make. on if you want to see maddie and i make more podcasts uh mm-hmm. and more videos that supporting our patreon goes directly towards that so yeah uh, we don't and have a would be just specific really nice one if we yeah. had like a better sound setup for recording things with more than two people like i We're love the legend it. of the We're dark crystal recording but it would be great if we had a if better we sound set up nice and crisp so as we do on this show if we had more money on the patreon and if you like the group reading of a thing and you want us to do more things like that then please support the patreon it would help us a lot yep yeah. And as I was saying, we don't have a direct Mutant Ages podcast Patreon, but that's because Atomic Blue is literally everything that Maddie and I make together. So if you support Atomic Blue, you're supporting Mutant Ages pretty directly. Mm-hmm. It's just us. Um, so yeah, we also have a Twitter where the Mutant Ages on Twitter. There's a separate Atomic Blue Twitter with all the projects if you want that. I'm on Twitter individually at Mitty Myers. And I'm at Ryan Pagella, and you know you're at the right place when it says Mr. Sinister. <laughs> is it just always going to say Mr. Sinister? Like, you yeah. can't change it now. It just it is what yeah. it is. 
oh, it is what it is. But like, I think it's a, a clear reflection of who I am on the inside. Okay. A bad scientist who likes to like fuck Archangel. I don't know. Yep. I mean, <laughs> I couldn't even say I got yep. my main purpose in life is to run around and fix plot holes, which I actually think is an accurate description of my life. <laughs> it is. Anyway, <laughs> we'll see, see you next time for the phoenix not the dark phoenix just the regular phoenix who's a little fiery but not quite as she wears green and not red and there's going to be some stuff in space all right bye <laughs> cool follow us at atomicblueproductions.com or support us at patreon.com slash atomicblueproductions.